Ladies and gentlemen, grunts and girls, welcome to episode 49 of Bullets to Beans. As always, I'm your host, Doc Joslin. We're in the middle of June 2022, and I got to tell you, this has been one of the hardest episodes to try to get out. I've been trying for three months to put 49 together. This is the third iteration of it. Anyway, let's get into it. I've been silent for a while. Uh, Just mentioned taking three months to try to put one episode together. Part of it's been just watching the decay of the country and not really having much to say about it. It's not that I don't have anything to say about it. I have a lot to say about it. But saying the right things in the right manner, it's been kind of a challenge. I'm not going to lie. It's been uh, it, it's been kind of depressing just watching uh, just shit fall, just spiral downward, downward, downward. And, you know, I made a commitment earlier this year to, to try to not be political um, but what prompted me to come out fighting, let's talk about House Resolution 7910 and House Resolution 2377 that just passed the House of Representatives earlier this week and are on their way to the Senate. Folks, these are two gun control measures that uh, we're going to dig into. Uh, I think it's important that folks know what is actually in those bills. So if you know, if you've listened to the show for very long, You know, there's one thing that'll get me fired up and talking, and that is the preservation of freedom and liberty. On that note, in this week's Weekly Grind, we're going to do Liberty Beans. I was just tied into these guys with um, one of the other listeners who was like, oh shit, I forgot to tell you, there's another veteran roasted coffee out there called Liberty Beans. We're going to talk about them in the grind. We've got their 68 Whiskey Dark Roast. That's right. They have a roast for combat medics in... I kind of love that as a combat medic. Before we get into the show, we need to pay homage and uh, give a shout out to our sponsor, UBH Denton, uh, University of Behavioral Health Denton in Denton, Texas, their military program. Folks, if you're struggling, this is June is National PTSD Awareness Month. If you're struggling with PTSD and you need inpatient treatment, uh, this might be a place uh, to talk to your doctor about. Uh, they're an inpatient treatment program in Denton, Texas. They're one of the nation's oldest and most experienced uh, military programs. Uh, they have multiple treatment programs uh, within their military program. Um, they have a safe haven program, chemical dependency program, trauma program. And one of, you know, I, I know one of their um, resource managers or outreach guys, a really good friend of mine. And I tell you what, uh, this guy, I'm not going to mention his name, but he's, he's pretty sticky on things. Uh, and he, he, uh, he's pretty critical. Uh, and when he got hired and got into this, uh, role with this organization and, and he turned me on to him, he's not stopped saying good things about the, the organization, the program itself. Um, so we'll, we're going to talk about them uh, probably for the next six episodes, maybe longer. I say the next six episodes because they've sponsored the show for the next six shows. Uh, but look for a link uh, in the show notes. You'll hear about them uh, in the next shows coming up. But UBH Denton, University Behavioral Health Denton out of Denton, Texas, their military program, inpatient PTSD uh, and uh, military um, needs programs. Okay. 
But again, June is PTSD Awareness Month. Uh, if you guys have listened to the show from episode one on, I make no reservation about talking about my own trauma and my own PTSD challenges. Uh, folks, you know, look to your left and right. Don't be afraid to ask that question. Uh, look out for your battle buddy uh, and focus on self-care. You know, part of being quiet and, and not having some shows out for the last almost three months now I'm focusing on myself. Uh, I love the listeners. I love the show. The the show is therapeutic. But I'm going to be honest. uh, I've got this big fucking pending move to Tucson, Arizona coming up in less than eight weeks. Eight weeks from now, I'll be driving into Canada uh, or driving through Canada on my way down to Tucson. Uh, Got major changes happening at work. And um, it's just been a lot lately. So I've, I've needed to focus on myself. That meant less content, less shows, or not as frequent. But it was the right decision. And and if anything, take lead by that example, folks. It's okay to back off and pull back from some of your commitments if it means that you're taking care of yourself. So by all means, self-care. We think about June being PTSD Awareness Month and all the the trauma statistics uh, for our veterans and not just veterans veterans and first responders um police officers firefighters paramedics street medics you know i was was a street medic um, long before i was a combat medic so you know do the right thing take care of yourself ask about your brother and sister to your left and right we got to take care of each other folks so anyway that's the show we're going to jump into today is gun control measures on the way to the Senate. Hang tight, folks. Strap in. Here we go. You cannot talk to everybody the way we talk to each other and the way our bosses talk to us and the way we talk to our subordinates. There is an expected, well, accepted tenor to our delivery. Yeah. You need to leave that handicapped man with his dog alone. Yep. Like talking about us like we can't hear him. Tommy's daddy tripped on mushrooms while he banged a hooker at the football game or something to that effect. You know, we talked about this West Point, the ring knocker concept, right? For those that don't know, Doc and Rock really like to enjoy the uh, the additives. Bullets to Beans, your military and veteran podcast with Doc Joslin. You take home defense seriously. You have a fire extinguisher, alarm system, and firearm training. But have you considered another crucial home defense tool? MaverickTactical.com is taking it to the next level. In their enduring commitment to top-quality self-defense, they have added composite armor. Composite armor plates are lighter, more comfortable, and offer your choice of level 3A, 3+, and level 4 protection. Maverick Tactical also now carries flexible vests. With complete 3A protection and the option to increase front and back protection by adding higher level plates. For an even more concealable option, check out Maverick Tactical's shirts with front and back protection. Maverick Tactical is your locally owned personal defense choice. And all of their armor is made right here in North Carolina. Protect yourself fully with Maverick Tactical, a crucial part of your home defense package. Call 336-269-7292 today. Online at mavericktactical.com. All right, 
Welcome to segment one. I figured for the flow of today's show, I just kind of break the bills down, walk through them. I've got them printed off. Between the two of them, there's 94 pages of attack against freedom and liberty. I figured I'd just walk through what each one says and kind of save the opining and the rant for segment two. So segment one (laughs) might be a lot shorter than segment two. Segment two might be, I'm going to get after it. So let's look at H.R. 2377 first. The act may be cited as the Federal Extreme Risk Protection Order Act of 2022. Okay. When you Google this, the one of the first thing that comes up is a document from whitehouse.gov. And I was just reading it a second ago. And the document from whitehouse.gov is a statement of administration policy. The administration, that's the office of the president of the United States. uh, The administration strongly supports House passage of H.R. 2377, the Federal Extreme Risk Protection Order Act of 2022. So if you can't break it apart and tell by the name of what the Extreme Risk Protection Order Act, what that means, folks, this is a national red flag law. I'm going to say it again. This is a national red flag law. This is what gives the Karens the ultimate power that most of them on YouTube probably are searching for. So this one is frightening. Uh, I start with this one because it's it's actually the one that's got me kind of the most speechless. It's 50 pages where the HR 7910, I'll get to that in a minute, is 44 pages. That has six different titles to it, whereas this one here, 2377, is basically a single title statute or single title resolution. This is the one that, um, here, let's get into definition wait a minute let me get to a part that's got the meat and potatoes the scary part of it 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 goes yeah i don't it it's hard to it's hard to focus on this one because it 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 violates due process so they're they're making a federal law that violates an amendment to the constitution let me just jump over to 7910. I, 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 I got to be honest. It's obviously by my voice. It's very frustrating that we are at a point in time where due process is under attack, that the Fourth Amendment is is being attacked in such an aggressive and outward manner that there's a there's a the writing federal laws that over that, that just wipe out due process hr 7910 the short title uh, this act may be cited as the protecting our kids act and again i said there's there's six different titles to this one title 1 is raise the age this would raise the age of purchasing firearms and center center fired rifles pistols uh, and ammunition, everything up to 21. Title two is prevent gun trafficking. 
Title three is untraceable firearms. Title four is safe storage. Title five is closing the bump stop loophole. Loophole. It's easier to say. And title six is keep Americans safe. And you have to dig into that one because it's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I want to keep Americans safe. We'll talk about, I'm going to break these down just a little bit. So, again, Title I is raise the age, right? Uh, That would make uh, all firearm ownership start at 21. Center-fired rifles, shotguns, pistols. It's already 21 for pistols, right? You couldn't, your 18-year-old who lives on his own, in rural America, couldn't own a shotgun or a hunting rifle, even if he grew up understanding. Anyway, I, I said I'd wait to segment two to opine. Title two is prevent gun trafficking. Again, this is supposed to uh, prohibit straw purchases and disposition of firearms to person intending unlawful further disposition. This is already a law, folks. Title three is untraceable firearms. This requires every firearm to be able to be traced and have a serial number on it. Again, the Gun Control Act of 1968 already put that into place. Anyway, Title V, safe storage, right? This is where Ethan's Law and Kimberly Vaughn firearm safety storage. This one, I I don't really have a whole heck of a lot of issue with um, out of the whole bill. Title V, closing the bump stock loophole. Uh, again, I'll wait to opine. Uh, but basically, this 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 outlaws bump stocks. And then the Keep American Safe Act. That sounds like a very general vanilla term, and it is. This is a high-capacity magazine ban. The good thing about that is, is there is grandfathering in place for that. But essentially, if you don't own a high-capacity magazine now... You won't be able to get one. Nothing in, again, as for the very vanilla definition of high capacity magazine all over the United States right now, it's anything over 10 rounds. So we wouldn't be able to have anything over 10 rounds, even though there's a ton of data and statistics when you, in scenarios, in events, things that actually happened where people were protecting themselves or their family, where more than 10 rounds was necessary. And all of these overlook one thing, and this is the part people don't want to talk about. In uh, one of my former or previous episodes, I talked about the defense of tyranny argument. Nobody wants to talk about the defense of tyranny argument. And this is important, especially in Title VI of H.R. 7910, because what's excluded, who's excluded from the high-capacity magazine ban. Again, this is a federal ban, but the people who are exempt from it are the military, and that would make sense, and all Department of Justice and law enforcement arms and agencies of the state and federal governments across the United States. Well, when you look at the defense of tyranny argument, you are allowing military, paramilitary, and law enforcement agencies who, by the way, are known to be corrupt. That's why there's an entire internal uh, internal affairs section. I'm opining, and I apologize. But they're exempt from it. And we I, I will dig into this a little bit more in segment two. So high-capacity magazine bans. So they're, they're trying to tell you 
where and how you can store your guns in your own home, which that one's not too horrible, right? Uh, because it would that would reduce individual deaths, right? Again, what brought us to where we are today, right? In the last 30 days, there's been just active shooter event after active shooter event after active shooter event, which is weird in and of itself. Almost like these are scripted because the midterm elections are coming up. The left knows they're going to lose in a in a fucking diabolical landslide because of how horrible the country, the state of affairs of the United States is right now. And so they're trying to, they know they're going to lose and they're trying to push through their agenda as hard as they can. And it's weird how we, we get into this crashing economy and this, this, uh, this total devastation, just horrible. We've never been in, this is the worst position our, our economy's been in in over 40 years. And now all of a sudden there's just one mass shooting after another. And all of a sudden there's this gun legislation that was just sitting there off to the wings. And I talked about it last year. And now it's on the floor. It passed the house just like a landslide all the way through. And that's on its way to the Senate, right? And they're trying to get this through before midterms because they know they're going to lose midterms. So they're trying to tell you how and where you can store your guns. But keep in mind, if a kid gets, if, if a toddler gets hold of a gun because it wasn't stored responsibly and there was some negligence, in the home and that that but that kid's really not going to uh, you know it's not going to necessarily stop that much of a mass shooting it's going to stop that incremental that 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 accidental horrific death of a, a kid kids maybe playing with guns that they shouldn't and shooting one other child that, that, that's horrific and here's the thing parents that where this happens not only do they have to live with the fact that that happened but they're already criminally culpable. There's already negligence. They already get arrested for for manslaughter or homicide charges. So this isn't really stopping anything. And, and let's be honest, if there's a kid who has access to a firearm who's not right in the head, first of all, them getting that firearm already is in using it, um, it's a crime for them to do that uh, without the direct supervision of their parents. And most parents don't go to school with these kids when they commit the mass shootings. But I would venture to say that if a kid is hell bent on performing a mass shooting and his dad has a, and most mass shootings are done by pistols, by the way, not AR 15s or assault rifles. That's not what assault rifle means. That's not what AR means. Armor light rifle. But uh, you know, evil's going to find a way, right? So I, I don't think it's going to do a whole lot. So let's pause for a second. Let's get into Liberty Beans Coffee, uh, 6 8 Whiskey Dark Roast, and we'll come back and I'll start opining uh, and cutting, oh, by opining, I mean cutting the shit out of these because they're, it sounds great. And on the surface, it feels good because it feels like they're doing something for gun control and people are dying. The, the problem's not the gun, folks, but we'll get into that. Stay tuned. We are, uh, we're going to drink some coffee. The Weekly Grind. So this week's grind comes to us from Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Liberty Beans. 
Life, Liberty, and Coffee, Liberty Beans Coffee Company. So I didn't know about them, excuse me, until one of our listeners kind of clued me into them a week or so ago and reached out and I ordered and I've got 68 Whiskey Dark Roast. Folks, you know, if there's a coffee out there that has any kind of a tie to Combat Medics, I'm probably going to start buying it. So I did. Real quick again, Liberty Beans is it's a family-owned it's owned by Jim, the chef, and Diane, the chemist. They're out of Cherry Hill, New Jersey. They believe in freedom and all things America. I couldn't really find on their website much of a story about their veteran connection, but the fact that they did a coffee called 68 Whiskey, they didn't really give a shit too much after that. So, anywho, the coffee, we'll talk about them. We'll talk about the coffee. Oh, and their website says they've been married for 25 years. Congratulations. If you hear this coffee review, congratulations on 25 years of marriage. Uh, a lot of folks in America don't do that anymore. So 68 Whiskey, let me read from their website. Uh, We'd like to introduce the newest coffee blend developed in honor of our United States of America military. 68 Whiskey is a very special blend to us and took us months to get the profile just right. 68 Whiskey is the call sign for Army Combat Medics. We chose this name to honor our military heroes of all branches because someone very near and dear to us is an active duty combat medic. Well, awesome for that. We salute all women and men in the military and their families and honor the sacrifices they make. And they are proud to donate $1 of every bag of 68 whiskey sold to the USO to support the troops. That's fucking awesome, folks. So the way they describe 68 whiskey is... Strong and bold, notes of dark chocolate, caramelized sugar, and toasted walnuts. So I've been drinking it all morning, and I got to tell you, the 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 first first thing I'll say, I'll give a little bit of critique. They call it a dark roast. Um, uh, I thought it was kind of on the darker end of a medium spectrum, but that's just my opinion. That didn't turn me off by any stretch of the imagination. I like my dark roasts like dark roast like fucking like murdered out right anywho get into the coffee itself it's got uh, a beautiful uh, uh the the aroma is amazing it just it is a very bold aroma coffee and it smells like coffee like i accidentally woke up at four forty-five this morning i intended to get up early to do the show because I, I needed to get the uh, a show out I didn't intend to wake up at 4.45. But anywho, uh, I woke up stumbling out to the kitchen. Got to get some coffee on, if nothing else, to wake up. But it's also part of the show. And I ripped this bag open and hold it up to my face and and watch this big, huge, you know, nose full of this coffee. And it was beautiful. And it woke me up. And I was like, fuck, yeah, I can't wait to get after this. So uh, it's got a, a great coffee aroma the flavor i gotta tell you i've been drinking this for the last couple hours it's creamy and velvety on your tongue it just it's smooth it's a very smooth drinking coffee full flavored um i get the chocolatey notes that they're talking about i get them early on it's got this kind of semi-sweetness to it um almost like baker's chocolate um and then you get the kind of midway through um the flavor profile, you get that carameliness that they talk about, and it's very creamy. And then it it kind of finishes with the, those toasted nuts. Uh, they say walnuts. Um, 
I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm saying I've got sinus issues right now, so it is probably walnuts. But I do get a nuttiness on the end. And again, I've been drinking it for all morning as I'm trying to put the show together. It's not jacking up my stomach. It, it's not wrecking me. Uh, so I could probably drink this all day long. I will probably drink this all day long. So I, I got to tell you, as a 68 whiskey or as a retired 68 whiskey, paying homage to combat medics uh, with a coffee is a beautiful thing. Uh, and you knocked it out of the park. This this is a wonderful blend. This is just thank you for what you did uh, to honor uh, my brothers and sisters. So Liberty Beans Coffee out of Cherry Hill, New Jersey. I'll have a link to them in the show notes. Uh, they support the USO, obviously. Uh, I read it straight off their website. Uh, family-owned business in the heart of a, uh, where America was founded. And I think that's important. I think it's good that I chose Liberty Beans when I'm talking about the, the attack on Liberty right now. So spend your money. Give till it hurts. Buy some coffee from them. 68 Whiskey Dark Roast, Liberty Beans. We'll be back with segment two in just a moment. Born from the passion of taking care of our nation's veterans and warriors, Remedy Alpine, owned, operated, and staffed by veterans, provides a variety of therapeutic adventure and backcountry recreation programs ranging from single-day hikes to multi-day, multi-night mountain treks and even basic mountaineering adventures. For more information, visit them at www.remedyalpine.org. Remedy Alpine, reminding you to work the mountain and rest your mind. All right. So segment one, I walked through these two pieces of legislation that have already passed the House of Representatives and that are on their way to the Senate. H.R. 2377 and H.R. 7910. Again, H.R. 2377 is the Federal Extreme Risk Protection Orders Act of 2022. And H.R. 7910 is the Protecting Our Kids Act. Walked through what uh, the basic premise of each one. Now let's rant about it. So where to start? Don't even know where to start. So 2377, I, I started opining about this one in, in segment one, the red flag law, a federal red flag law. So how could this go wrong, right? How could this be abused? There's no due process that's required. And in the in the, the in the verbiage, and I would encourage you to go, go to Congress's website, congress.gov. Uh, you can just Google search the HR, the, the resolution number, and it'll pull up. You can read the verbiage yourself. But it allows for anonymous, anonymous tipsters, right? Somebody, your neighbor, a friend, a family member, a coworker, somebody that you piss off in the parking lot, somebody who claims to have knowledge, that you A, have firearms, and B, pose a risk to your safety or the safety of the community at large. They can call local law enforcement or federal law enforcement. They can provide a tip. This bad person, they have gun. I scared. And you're about to get your door kicked in at 4 o'clock in the morning and they're going to seize your weapons and they're going to seize your ammunition all before due process. So they can take all your shit first and then you have to fight to get it back. That kind of goes against the basic premise of our judicial system in the United States of America where you're innocent until proven guilty 
here you will be guilty until proven innocent. And all on the premise of stopping people from committing mass shootings. Well, here's the thing, right? There's already processes in place, health and welfare checks. If you think somebody's a threat, you can already call your law enforcement arm and just be like, hey, there's a dude down the road and he acts weird. He makes silly statements. Look at his social media profiles. He's posting some weird shit. Cops already do a health and welfare check. Right. That's a that's part of due process. They can knock on the door politely and be like, hey, you know, you're, you're, you're saying and doing some shit that makes your neighbors nervous. Um, are you good? Are you OK? You pose a, a risk and a threat to anybody. If nothing else, they know they're being watched. Right. Would this stop mass shootings? I venture to say if this passes, you're going to see a lot of people get their guns taken away from them and still have a lot of mass shootings. My suspicion will be that this law, if passed, and please people reach out to your legislators and don't let this pass because it's, it, it, it is a direct attack on the Constitution. But you're going to see people lose their guns and you're still going to see mass shootings. It's going to solve nothing. 7910, right? H.R. 7910, um, Protecting Our Kids Act. Again, raising the age to 21. Let's run this rabbit hole. And stick with me for a second. So you want to, there's an exclusion. So guess who's excluded from the 21-year-old uh, age limit? Active, duties of the, active duty members of the military. <laughs> you can still fight and die for your country at 18. Oh, but they're not saying you can drink at 18. But in one hand, they're saying you're, you can fight and die at 18. They'll take your life from you in preservation of freedom and liberty. But they won't let you celebrate with a beer if you do it. Oh, comma, and they're trying to raise the voting age to 21. They're trying to say 18-year-olds are so irresponsible. 18, 19, and 20-year-olds are so irresponsible that they can't have firearms and they shouldn't be allowed to vote. But they'll let you serve and die. Let that one fucking sink in, folks. Oh, comma, and they're letting five-year-olds choose their gender. So it it... 18, 19, and 20-year-old, you're you're not responsible enough to vote and choose. You're, you're still considered the age of majority, right? You can enter into a legally binding contract. So they're not attacking 18-year-olds entering into contracts. They're not saying that you can't take out a $70,000 loan at a 29% interest rate on a truck, right? They're saying you can still do that, but you're not responsible enough to, to choose our elected leaders, and you're not responsible enough to own firearms, but we're going to let five-year-olds pick their gender and, and defy science, right? Here's the thing. If, you, if, if this goes through, and it goes through with the 21-year-old, I would, I would say that you would have to say no exclusion, and you would have to rewrite selective service, right? Because if, if you're saying 21-year-olds are or you're not responsible to drink, or own a firearm until you're 21, then don't exclude it for dying for your country. Then you have to rewrite selective service. And then it's on your 21st birthday, not your 18th birthday. And if you're rewriting selective service, now that you undid the combat arms things years ago and opened up all jobs in the military to females, then selective service should be opened up to females as well. So don't just pigeonhole one fucking 
part of this, you've got to peel the whole goddamn onion back, right? And they don't want to do this. They're compartmentalizing, right? Oh, we, we're just going to solve this issue, which isn't going to solve a problem. Raising the, the age of ownership for shotguns and center-fired center fired cartridge rifles to 21, it's not going to solve any of these issues. So raising the age. So prevent gun trafficking. So prohibition of straw purchases of firearms, prohibition on gun trafficking. Straw purchasing is already a crime, right? When you fill out the, the form to do a gun purchase, it has you, you have to state that this I'm, this gun purchase is for me and not for anybody else. And then prohibition um, on disposition of firearms to persons intending unlawful further disposition. So it's already a crime to buy a gun and transfer it to a felon. A, a, someone who has a, a, a known criminal felony criminal record. And if you know somebody's going to commit a horrific act or a crime with a gun, and you transfer, sell, dispose of, give them, uh, gain access to firearms, you're already criminally culpable. And the, the courts have proven that time and time again. So that's not going to do shit. Untraceable firearms, I, I kind of started opining on this in, in segment one, you know, requirement that all firearms be traceable. Well, the Gun Control Act of 1968 already requires that. So again, this is doing nothing. Safe storage. This is the one that I don't really have a challenge with, except they're telling you what to do inside your own home. And again, they're making it uh, a criminal offense that if you are negligent in the storage of firearms, where either a criminal, someone who's known not to be uh, allowed to have firearms or children can access those firearms and then a crime or a death is committed with said firearms that you are criminally culpable uh, and that you, you're liable for that. That's already a thing. And there's case after case after case in the courts at all levels that uphold that. So that's not going to do anything. Closing the bump stop, bump stock loophole. I'm conflicted on this one because I personally think bump stocks are kind of gimmicky. I could give two shits less about them. Me personally, I don't care if they exist or not. But I, I, I care when you start chipping away at the, the, the need for firearms. And, and here's the thing about the, the NFPA in 1934, right? If you look at the Second Amendment, totally, a, a well-armed militia, right? So there, there's countless opinions written about, you know, that we should have the same thing as the military or other nations' militaries because we have to have a well-armed militia, we should basically have the same thing as what the military has. And if you look at USC Miller in 1938, um, that's the, the sawed-off shotgun. The The justices in, in, in opinions, in statements after the opinion was written, they didn't know that, that there was a military application, i.e. a trench gun, uh, for a sawed-off shotgun, and they used them... Um, very widely in the trenches in World War One. Otherwise, they would have changed their opinion and written it differently, allowing for sawed-off shotguns, right? So when you look at that, you know, automatic, select fire, you know, burst rate weapons, if you consider all of the arguments and the logic tied to it, there's an argument that could be made for it. There's an argument that could be made that short-barreled rifles should be allowed because if you look at how many short-barreled rifles are in the hands of 
our military now, it's very common to have a, a, a 10 and a half or a 14 inch barrel or a shorter barrel platform than, than your standard an 18 inch barrel. So bump stocks, like, yeah, me personally, I could give two shits less about them, but, but you're chipping away uh, a little bit more at it. And, and then Title Seven, the Keep American Safe Act. This is the one where I have the biggest problem with. This is the the national high capacity magazine ban. Nothing over ten rounds, except for the military and any federal or local law enforcement. It, it I, I usually want to make a statement like the one I'm about to make. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll put my foil hat on for a second or whatever. I'm not even foil hat hatting it, folks. Right look back in previous episodes and I talk about the defense of tyranny. And I think it was a law student at Loyola who did a dissertation or a thesis on the defense of tyranny. And I, and and I walked through that. If they're going, if they know they can't take away guns altogether, but they're going to limit our ability to defend ourselves against tyranny. That, uh, Folks, you got to be concerned about that. And let's talk about tyranny. In that same episode, I talked about, you know, uh, our founding fathers. I think it was Madison. Could have been Madison. He said uh, one of, not the only, but one of the definitions of tyranny would be when you had the executive, the legislative, and the judicial, all three branches of our government, politically aligned, right? We know that the executive and the legislative branches are political. They're, they're political parties. Uh, it's, it's, it's now a two-party fight every four fucking years. But the judicial is not supposed to be political. But I, I, I wanted to do an episode on the last justice that got put in. I chose not to. But when you have parties nominating folks because they align with their initiatives and their agendas, that kind of... That, that, that starts to politicize the ju- the judicial branch. But we still have nine justices. There's still a split. There's a balance between the two. Um, it's, it's a slight balance. There's always going to be a majority on one side or the other. And they don't always rule the way that you would think that they're going to rule. But I would, I would offer up that another definition of tyranny would be that you have the worst economy in over 40 years greater than eight and a half, eight point seven percent inflation or whatever we're at today. Americans are getting killed at the gas pump. They were getting killed at the grocery store. Uh, let's talk about the gas pump for a second. Currently I live in Alaska. And currently um, the oil fields are barely producing enough oil to put through the Alaska Trans Alaska pipeline enough oil to keep it flowing. And that's been the state that's how it was uh under the last um, left administration, uh, it was flowing pretty good under President Trump, and now it's back to a trickle production. We have the means and the ability to control this within our own borders. We have the means and the ability to take the pressure off of our people, but we don't. When you intentionally cause your population to suffer, to me, that's tyranny. Look at Venezuela. Look at any, look at any accepted tyrannical government. Uh, people that widely accept it. Yeah, that was tyranny. People that would look at a situation and go, yeah, that's tyranny over there. In the in the last fifty to hundred years, 
tell me how we're not there right now. Right. And hear me out. I'm not advocating for revolt. I'm not advocating for civil war or revolution. I'm advocating for change. Right. I don't understand how you can't consider what's happening in our country right now. Tyranny. We have the means and the ability to control a baby food, a baby formula shortage. Right. And I haven't read into this one, quite honestly, because I don't have kids that are on baby formula anymore and it hasn't impacted me. So I was kind of self-centered on this one and I should have done a little bit of research on it, but I didn't. But I don't know how people can cross the border and go to Canada for baby food or baby formula or people are going down to Mexico to get baby formula, but America doesn't have it. It was a formula shortage in America. It wasn't a worldwide formula shortage. We created strife. We created a problem. We have the ability to control it, but we're not controlling it, right? Limiting our ability to defend ourselves against a tyrannical government by they can have 30 round, a standard 30 round magazine, 20 round magazine, a hundred round drum or belt. They can have all of that, but the people can't. Well, when you have, when you go to war and you read Sun Tzu, if there's a if there's an imbalance in the ability to deliver warfare, one side is destined to always win and one side is destined to always lose. The outgunned people will always lose and the fortified and heavily gunned people will always win. You're creating that imbalance, right? So I have I have a, a challenge with that. And again, we've got so we've got this 7910 which really is going to do nothing. Uh, most of what's in it is already a criminal act right now if you did it anyway, except for a couple of things. The raising the age of t- to 21. Folks, I got to be honest with you. You should be fucking offended about that. You can, you can still serve. You can still go in the military at 18. There's still selective service. There's nothing in there that I read that was changing selective service. They were just excluding active duty members of the armed forces, right? Because they've got to be able to give you know, Johnny boy, a gun to be able to go fight in a foreign land and die, but he can't have it at home. So there's nothing in there addressing selective service. They're admitting that you want an 18, 19 or 20 year old to be able to fight and die for your country, but they're not changing, letting them celebrate a win. They're not letting them, you know, have a beer when they come home. And on the opposite hand, and again, I I know I sound like a broken record for a second, on the opposite hand, they're letting five-year-olds choose their gender. What I saw that was most horrific in the news or in the media, including social media, the last week or so, it, when did it become a thing where in schools all across the United States there were drag queen shows? What the fuck is this? You are indoctrinating children. That, I mean, I am beyond comprehension and thought behind that. That uh, there's no words, there's no words to justify why is, some of them were as young. I think as fourth grade class was the youngest that I saw. I saw reports at a couple of different middle schools. Right? Why would you take a fourth grade class to a drag queen show unless you're you you know you're trying to make something okay? And I'm not. I've been to drag shows. They're fun. I'd never take my fucking eight-year-old kid to one. 
It's completely inappropriate. I would never subject a child to that. That's adult humor. They're not adults. And I'm, I, I just got done talking about how they're trying to say kids, 18, 19, 20-year-old, the age of majority, can't own guns, but we can take fourth graders, fifth graders, sixth graders to drag queen shows because they're responsible and mature enough to understand that. We're allowing five-year-olds to, to pick which gender they feel like they want to be, and we're encouraging them to think differently. It, folks, I could give two shits less. If you're a dude that wants to date a dude, be happy, right? But do all that when when it's natural and you you start coming into understanding it. And by all means, be accepting if there's somebody else that, that just thinks differently than you. If you're a girl that likes girls, cool, whatever, right? But don't force that on my kids. Don't force your opinion which, by the way, and I'm not going to get into it as bad as Ben Shapiro does. That it's it's abnormal, right? I'm not going to say that it's a mental disorder. It's your choice. Love who you want to love, right? But don't force it on somebody else, right? I don't. If if you took so so flip that coin for a second, what happened if you took those same kids to just a strip club? Not not a drag queen show. But if you took a bunch of girls to Chippendales or if you took a bunch of, you know, boys, if you took a Boy Scout troop to the Starlight Cafe or to, you know, uh, the Stone Pony or, or any, any strip club where ladies were dancing on a pole, the outrage from everybody would silence that activity in a heartbeat. If you took a Girl Scout troop to Chippendales the outrage of that would silence everybody. But if you take boys and girls to a drag queen show, some people think that that's okay. Some educators actually approved that activity. And the fact that that passed somebody's fucking sense of logic is frightening. Now I'm glad to see and hear that there is outrage, right? Because it, it's an outrageous event. So folks, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap the show up in just a second. Uh, HR 7910 and HR 2377, two gun control measures that have already passed the house of representatives are on their way to Senate folks. They're going to speedball these things through, uh, midterm elections are coming up in November We're 120 days away. I think do the math close to it, something like that. And they're going to try to push something through cause they know they're going to lose Anywho. Stay tuned, folks. I'll be back in just a second. I will uh, wrap this episode up and um, call it a day. Right, so that's episode 49. First and foremost, I apologize. It took three months between episodes. Just again, like I I mentioned in the opening, a lot going on. Uh, Personally, big move coming up down to Tucson, so... If you're an Arizona listener, get ready. I'll be down there at the end of August. Uh, take a little bit to get shops set up and moved in and settled. And then uh, Bullets to Beans will be going live out of Tucson. Oh, folks, let me preface my closing statements with I am not advocating for violence. I'm not advocating for armed action. 
what I'm advocating for is people to get their head out of their ass and start doing things. Start talking. Start looking objectively and and start looking at the trickle-down impact of what these two pieces of legislation will do. Will they, you know, they outcry the roar that caused these was mass shootings in schools. There's some, I, I work in healthcare. There was a couple mass shootings in, in hospitals in the last couple weeks. Right? With what is in these bills, will it stop anything? Got to ask yourself that. Will it stop anything? You know, there was a mass shooting. The three people got killed. I think it was in Oklahoma City because this guy went in because he was in immense amount of pain and he targeted the surgeon who was providing him care and treatment. So with a national red flag law, is every doctor or nurse going to be able to disarm and take the weapons and guns away from every patient who's upset because they're still in pain post-surgery? Folks, a couple years ago, I had three surgeries on my arms back to back, right? I was in a pain for a long time. I'm my pain's coming back now in one of my arms and I'm questioning the efficacy or the long-term positive impacts of, of one of my surgeries, you know? So if, if my doctor hears me bitching and complaining about my arm being in pain, right? Is he going to be like, Whoa, hold on. That guy's got a lot of guns. You should, we should probably take them away. You know, uh, the, the, the lack of due process and being able to attack people's rights to protect themselves. And, and when you hear people use that term, folks, protect yourself, self-defense. That's not just against a burglar. That's not just against a home invader. That's not just against a mugger. That's against your own or a foreign government. The defense of tyranny is why that was written into our constitution. And when people talk about, well, it was muskets back then. Those were military grade weapons. That's what the military had. You know, (laughs) our founding fathers weren't, weren't using muskets against assault weapons. A musket was an assault weapon, right? We keep that in mind. Yes, it was written when muskets were the the going firearm, but that was the military-grade weapon. It was written to create a stalemate. These were people that were leaving. Again, go back and listen to one of my former episodes. I, I dig into this and talk about it. What I would ask you to ask yourself is get over the emotion. Consider objectively what is going to be solved with these two pieces of legislation in, in contact your government contact your legislators and if it looks like it's gaining momentum at the federal level if your state has a provision in its state constitution that addresses a second amendment the federal laws don't i got into a twitter debate with a dude uh federal laws actually can get superseded by state laws because the states are sovereign you need to be talking to people you need to be talking to your community you need to be talking to your friends and family you need to be talking to your legislators your community representatives, and I don't use the term leader anymore, folks. People that are legislators at the either city administration, state, federal level, they are representatives. They are not leaders. They work for you. They forget the balance of that relationship. Folks, we are in a time of tyranny. When your country is in 
such a financial crisis that we're in right now and we have the ability to control it and we're not, you know, our president met with leaders of OPEC last week or whatever in, or in Saudi Arabia. We've got our own fucking oil. Our last president proved it. And um, now we're, we're going to ask other people to be able to sell us more. Is it just going to drive the price up? You know, when you create laws of supply and demand, folks, when, when you prove that there's a bigger demand than a supply, the price goes up. Well, when you have your own supply and aren't reliant on other folks, and you flip that relationship and that obverse relationship of supply and demand, you can control it. And they're just not doing it. I didn't even get into the fact that, you know, they're what they're not talking about right now around the gas price is that there's initiatives and, and everything about having all electric vehicles by 2035. That's in uh, 13 years. So if you, if you squeeze this at the pump and you make it, if you make it distasteful to own a, a gas guzzling vehicle, people are going to start leaning towards electric cars. I, I ask you to think about that. Is there plausibility there? I think I think it is. Right. It, it also keep in mind that's not going to do jack shit to fossil fuels and the environment. Because although you might not be burning that fossil fuel in your car, the power plant right now is still burning fossil fuel to create the electricity to charge your car. Anywho. Enough on that. Um, if you're in the Anchorage Bowl, Alaska area, uh, look at remedyalpine.org. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff happening. Luke and Eric, is, it, I'm kind of stepping back a little bit as I'm getting ready to move to Arizona. Luke and Eric are still hammering out a good program. The 98 Fund, I've got a lot of stuff coming up with Remedy Alpine and the 98 Fund this summer before uh, I head to Arizona. So look for content coming out. Uh, me and Rock. Uh, Jason, Mark, Scotty, the whole 98 Fund crew. University Behavioral Health Military Program, UBH Denton Military Program. Thank you for sponsoring the show. Uh, there'll be links to them in the show notes. If uh, It's National PTSD Awareness Month, folks. Month of June, if you didn't know that, it sure is. Um, if you're struggling or if you know somebody who's struggling, this might be a, a, a good therapy program for them. There will be a link to them in the show notes. And again, thank you for your sponsorship. We're in uh, some, I'm tired of living in history. We we are living in active moments of history right now. I'm kind of fucking tired of living in the history books. I think I've said enough. It's good to be back. It's good to, uh, hopefully this one actually gets produced and uh, released this week. Appreciate the followers. Don't forget, uh, like and share us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Again, there will be more YouTube content coming up on Twitter you can find us on all uh, podcast downloading hosting platforms and that's about it. All right, folks, take care of yourselves. Take care of the people to your left and right and uh, stay frosty. Bullets to Beans is an official media production of Lifeline Media, LLC, Eagle River, Alaska. 